In this episode of Ignorance Is This, there are spoilers for the movie A Quiet Place, and I am risking my neck speaking this loudly, just telling you there's going to be spoilers, because otherwise, oh my god, oh, Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Ignorance Is This, a podcast all about a different way of experiencing cinema, with little to no knowledge about it beforehand. My name is Scott Murfels, and sitting opposite me is the man who tastes like a chocolate milkshake, only crunchy... Oliver Deer. Hey, it's me, Oliver Dan. What are you doing? I'm uh, I'm sitting in my chair, recording a podcast, having a good time with my friend. What are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm sitting in my chair, have, doing a podcast, and I'm talking to my nemesis. Oh no, where is he? Because it, it couldn't possibly be me. No, it couldn't. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna think I'm gonna add like a little. A daunting sound effect, like a little nemesis sound effect, like a. Oh yeah, no. okay. Dun dun dun. Just like that. <laughs> I like it. That's a great idea. No, not just then, uh, but every time you speak. Oh, okay. Yeah. So over half the podcast will just have that underlying sound underneath. Yeah, or just any time you do something particularly um, antagonistic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. I will just uh, shut my mouth then because uh, I don't want there to be any sound uh, underneath this podcast or else we might attract the monsters. No, because this week you can't listen to you, you can't listen to podcasts out loud because it's a quiet place. Yeah, it's a quiet pod. Um, this oh. week we're gonna have to be very quiet. Shh. Bring your mouth up right to the microphone and say, "I had a thought this week, Ollie." I had. Oh, do do you? <laughs> I thought I had a thought, and then I was like, no, I don't. Did you panic for a second there? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I was going to whisper to you, but then I realized we're already whispering. I was going to be like, Scott, I don't, have, I don't have one of those. I don't have any thoughts today. Oh, well, well that's, all right. that's okay. Uh, I've got a thought uh, this week, actually. Um, it's not really a thought. It's a... It's a little... It's not an update either, really. It's just a kind of... Uh, I just want to tell a story. Is that okay? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's perfectly yeah. fine. So, um, I, I live in a, in a small town now that I'm away from uni, and DVD and movie uh, stores are readily closing down. We used to have two of them, and then we had one. Uh, they, they had a big sale, and they were basically giving away DVDs for a dollar. I just grabbed a whole bunch of Blu-rays. It was sick. Nice. Um, I didn't watch any of them, I'm pretty oh. sure. So, that's great. Um, <laughs> but... I it's happened again. The uh the more family known business, not the uh you know the big franchise business, mm. uh is also closing down now. They weren't making any money, so they're giving away all their DVDs. So I went in and I bought some DVDs. They were five dollars each, which I still think is a bit uh, steep, but that's, that's okay. Steep. I ended up spending about forty five dollars on DVDs. Would you like to know what I bought? I definitely would. Forty five dollars on what? So you must have got. What's the math? You got nine DVDs. Uh, that's exactly how many I got. I got nine DVDs. Now I'm going to go through them one by one and you can tell me if I made a good choice. Okay. Now, I will also say I, the, uh, <laughs> it was $5 for a Blu-ray, $5 for a DVD. So whenever there was a, the chance for a DVD, I was like, <laughs> bad. No, thank you. I would like a <laughs> Blu-ray, please. Yeah. Um, 
So if I say this one is a DVD, then that means I gave up because I just want to see it really bad and I am willing to spend $5 on a DVD rather than a Blu-ray. Yeah, of course. Okay, here we go. Spider-Man Homecoming on Blu-ray. Okay, good good choice. Yep. That was $8 because it was a new release. Goodbye. Goodbye, though. Thank you. Hounds of Love on DVD. Ah, okay. Yep. That's something, yep, you would get on a DVD. It's a movie that I really want to watch with my dad because he's really involved with that story, so we want mm-hmm. to watch that one together. An interesting trivia uh, fact for the for the listeners is that because The Hounds of Love is based on some real murders that occurred in Perth, and I live yep. a, a street away from that house. Yeah, that's, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Anything could happen at any point, couldn't it, Ollie? It, it sure could. You're never safe. <laughs> Uh, straight out of Compton on DVD on uh, Blu-ray, actually. Oh, sweet! Have you seen that before? No. It's pretty pretty good movie, That's... and I, I know you'd enjoy it because of hip hop. <laughs> yeah, I do love my hip hop. I love my ECE, my MC Ren, Dr. Dre. Who else is there? You DJ Yella. Did, you didn't name the and most Cube. famous. Yeah, Cube. <laughs> I forgot Cube. <laughs> uh, all right, and uh, uh, Whiplash on on Blu-ray. Good choice. Good, good getting it on Blu-ray. That was something that I thought that I might have had that from the previous time I bought a whole bunch of Blu-rays. So that yeah. could potentially be a waste of $5. I haven't checked, actually. <laughs> um, uh, Bruce Willis's The Sixth Sense on, on DVD. Mm, okay. I mean, I guess it's probably hard to come by on Blu-ray. Manchester by the Sea on Blu-ray disc. Very good. I've seen that one. It's really, really, really good. Probably didn't need it on Blu-ray, but that's fine. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Um, well, if if the option was there for Blu-ray, I was always going to grab it. Um, Fair enough. Keeping in in the in the same category as recent um, Academy Award winners, um, Spotlight on Blu-ray. Uh huh. Okay. Haven't haven't seen that one yet, but I hear it's a Best Picture winner. These last two are on DVDs. Mm-hmm. Um, because they they were classified under cult and modern classics. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, yep. Donnie Darko on blue on uh, DVD. Oh, have you seen Donnie Darko? No, and I don't oh. know anything about it. It looks a lot creepier than I expected it. I've said on the podcast before. All these years, I thought that Sweeney Todd and Donnie Darko were the same thing, but apparently they're not. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, that, that's that's exciting then. Maybe we can do an episode on Donnie Darko. Yeah, no, these, these are DVDs that I've bought with the intention of us having a back catalogue. If nothing's on at the cinema, we yep. can just grab something from this. Yeah, we can watch Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, that would be a good episode. I reckon, yeah. One of the, one of our best it would probably be. And last one is um, on also on DVD, unfortunately, Fight Club. Oh yeah, excellent, good, good, very good choice because I feel like everyone needs to watch that. Thank you very much. Um, I had a list that was given to me by you mm. um, for a peep behind the curtains, actually, of the ignorance of this podcast, boys. Um, the show wasn't originally called that, and it wasn't, it didn't have that same idea. It was originally going to be called, like, OMG, you haven't seen, question mark, exclamation point. And um, I was going to watch all these kind of movies um, and not watch any new movies at all. And Ollie had prepared a list and he sent me that list in which I could use to buy these DVDs here. There was some that I knew were on Netflix, so I deliberately avoided those. So I could have picked up, you know, 
uh, The Shining or something, but I, I th- right. wait, The Shining's not on Netflix. Bad example, bad example. <laughs> there was an example of something that I specifically went, don't need to pick that one up because that's yeah. on Netflix and I know it is. Well, it might not be on Netflix for too long because they always bloody change their catalogue exactly when you want to watch something that you know is there yeah, or you've true. seen it before and then it's not there. Uh, Pulp Fiction is what I'm thinking of, by the way. Ah, okay, yeah. That is, that's been on Netflix for a long time, so hopefully... I'm pretty sure people would keep watching that and they'd probably leave it on their catalogue. Yes, that's right. And yeah, it's uh, it's worthy of actually being on Netflix because it's something that I want to watch in the best quality possible. So yeah. Netflix is the way to go. Um, that's it. So yeah, that's what I've done this week. I, I bought a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> Very I'm, inter- I'm not going to watch any of these movies though, honestly. Like I had, <laughs> I bought Spider-Man like a couple of days before I went in and bought the rest of them because I was like, if I want to get Spider-Man, I have to go in right now. And I did, and it was the last Blu-ray there. It was the last, actually, copy there. It just happened to be a Blu-ray. Right. And I I didn't have work that night, and I was like, I'm going to watch Spider-Man. And then I got into bed, and I watched YouTube. <laughs> and you know how much I love Spider-Man. Like, do you, do you, gen- do you seriously think I'm ever going to just put on Spotlight? <laughs> seriously no i never you will never watch spotlight <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i mean whiplash i can see you probably maybe watching i think you would actually like yeah. that love my music love my um get me pictures of spider-man <laughs> spotlight of manchester by the sea yeah. yeah manchester by the sea is also problematic just for the fact that it's got casey affleck in it which oh yeah yeah rumors oh, yeah. but also he's he's super good in it you know yeah well i mean did he win the award for it? Yeah, best uh, actor, yeah. Casey Affleck. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and he deserved Ugh. it. It was well. I don't know about if he personally deserved it, but he deserved it for the acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just quickly, I was I had a I was thinking the other day like um because when when actors win awards like that or like if you know Casey Affleck winning his award for Manchester by the Sea, and you know at the Oscars yeah. they show like a clip of um their performance. Like, they show a little clip of Casey Affleck, like, doing good acting in Manchester by the Sea before he gets the award. Yeah, sure. Um, Just because I've been working on set with actors recently, and, like, sometimes in the edit, like, when I'm editing, I can see good acting, but I don't, like, I don't think anyone really notices on set. And so, I wonder when, when Casey Affleck's, like, sitting there, because he's done so many takes of a shot or a scene, if he just think if he looks up and thinks, that was actually pretty good acting. I could, I should get an award for that. It's like, because I, I reckon, like, I reckon he doesn't even remember like doing the take. It'd be like, you know, it'd be all a blur. Yeah, like, yeah. And he'd be just like, oh yeah, shit, that was like the fifteenth tank. Yeah, he'll see the scene and recognize the day that it was on, not yeah. the take that was used. Yeah, definitely. He'd just be like, oh, that that one. Yeah, I don't barely remember it. I'm glad the Academy thinks it's a worthy thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for paying attention, Academy. Yeah. Because <laughs> I sure as hell wasn't. All right. Well, now we are moving on to Be Quiet, Please. Otherwise, you are going to get chased by monsters. Mm. Um, it's the it's the new film, A Quiet Place. Yes. Uh, directed and uh, starring Jim Halpert from The Office. Mm-hmm. This is a movie all about uh, alien creatures, I imagine. I, they didn't really go into that, no. um, the origin of these things, but... Alien, I imagine, uh, coming down onto Earth and um, being super destructive forces of nature. 
Uh, and eventually the people realised that they are blind and they are attracted to sound. So what is left of civilization must live in absolute silence until they inevitably die after stepping on a leaf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That w- so, some of the scenes just where, like, the, the inventive ways they came up with, like, not making any sound was really cool, I thought, because yeah. I, I didn't... Oh, man. So I, I have to come clean that I had seen a trailer for this, but I didn't, I hadn't paid enough attention to it that I knew what its concept was. <gasps> I know, I know. <laughs> it's a, it's a big blasphemy, um, for, especially since the concept of the show relies about around me not seeing the trailer. But and also I, the concept of the movie is about sound, which you know I would absolutely be going and seeing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I get, I guess having seeing the trailer, I actually thought it would be a bit gimmicky because you know how, you know how like in some horror, mo- well, I know you haven't seen a lot of horror movies, but they often have this thing where the 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 premise of the film is like you know don't do this or don't do that, otherwise the monster can get you. So like. Um, you know, it follows is based on you can't stop moving, otherwise it's gonna get you. You have to always, you know, keep changing your location, otherwise it will find you. Um, or yep. uh, you know, even in Doctor Who, if you if you stop looking at the angels, the angels will get you. You know, it's something about like and it keep it that's what creates the tension. There's some sort of gimmick going on, some sort of concept. And so with, with this one, I kinda thought it would be it would just be really basic, like, don't make too much sound because they can you know, they can kind of hear you. And I thought it wouldn't be as, um, like, they wouldn't go as hard. Or they, you know, I didn't think they would have to be as silent as they were, I guess I'm saying. Yeah. I yeah. thought, you know, they just they just can't make big noises. You know, they can still talk and have conversations and they're fine. But they're like, I was so surprised in those early scenes where they're literally inside a house and they're still using sign language. And I thought mm-hmm. that was, yeah. that's really cool. And the fact they have to, you know... The paths on which they walk, they have to lay down sand and also walk on it barefoot, so they barely make any sound when they move. That yeah, I thought that was all that stuff was really creative, and it really, really threw me for a loop because I thought it was just going to be like you know a one trick gimmick in this movie. And you know when they were allowed to use sound, it was so so effective and so cool. Like the um, there's only two times I think when the characters are outright speaking. Um, mm. one is in which they are uh, nearby a waterfall, which is obviously very loud but natural. So uh, the monsters have just grown accustomed to it, and they don't see that as a threat. So yeah. they're allowed to speak to each other right next to that thing because it's being masked by the louder volume waterfall. Mm. Uh, so they're still in hiding. I'm glad they did that explanation because I, for a second, I was like, why aren't the monsters just always attacking the waterfall or attacking like you know? Yeah. Something that's constantly making sound. Yeah, that's right. And but the fact that they did give that the actual development that it needed was mm. really good. Uh, and the other time that they were speaking was when they were in a like a basement of the house, and they had a mattress over the top of them. So that was like a big thick layer of stuff, and they were whispering. So it was like yeah. really really quiet, and still like just the fact that you get to hear. Uh, John Krasinski's voice is like, oh, finally. Yeah, it's 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 like over half, like an hour into the movie, maybe before you 
really hear him speak out loud. Yeah, yeah. So, in in general, I just want to ask you if you thought, like, I don't want to ask for a rating, but, like, mm. give me, like, very generalized opinions on whether you loved it or you liked it or what. I definitely, yeah, I definitely loved it. But I think it's just, there were just a, a very few minor things in it that were um, sort of similar with other horror movies is all. So only only for that aspect, only that it had like a couple of elements that weren't hugely, you know, a little bit horror movie tropey. But that's, you know, that's not a huge factor to hate on it. So I really did like it, yeah. I think it could be my favorite film of the year so far yeah i, I and, thought you might <laughs> and and it could be up there with one of my favorite movies of all time oh so good so yeah, yeah. i i loved it start to finish it's not it's not without its flaws and, it, and it's like random plot holes like you could argue like oh where did they get electricity from like mm. solar powers i guess but like there was a a lot of stuff like We'll go into more spoilers later, I suppose. I'll I'll mm. wait. But even though there were a couple of times when I was like, oh, why don't you just do this? Or why is that there when you should have known by now to not have that thing there? It just came together so beautifully beginning to end that I was enthralled by it the whole way. Mm. Yeah, I definitely thought you would you would 100% like this movie. Especially, like, like I said, um, the first 10 minutes when I didn't realise that they had to be so quiet to the point that they had to use um, sign language. Yeah. And, that, like, realising that, oh, when, they're not going to actually talk in this movie very much. They're going to be using sign language. That's crazy. I didn't I didn't realise that. And and then when I realised, oh, everything they do has to be super, super quiet. And so you really, really, really hear that, the sound design and all the, the soundscape going on. And I thought, you are going to froth this movie so hard. This, this, and as it, as it just went on, I think I certainly enjoyed the, no, I enjoyed the whole thing, but I enjoyed the first half a lot more than the second, just because like they were setting all the, up the whole premise of it. And it was just, it was, it was great. And all up until, um, up until the bathtub scene, there was just this whole sequence of, you know, they were, they were all, all the family was split up for a second and they, and it was just, it all, all, all the stories was working together. And then she has that bathtub scene, and then that's that's basically like the point where everything, where like shit hits the fan, and everything leading up to that was so tense, and like everything they everything was put into place to be so tense. Like you know they they had the nail on the stairs, yeah, and obviously the camera shows that it's there, but no no none of the other actors see it, so you just know she's gonna step on it later, and you know oh crap the the sound like she's gonna make a sound. From there, so all up until there, I was thinking this is just so well done. Like they're using the soundscape so well, they're they're really biding their time with how much they use sound. And when it got to that point in the bath with the bathtub scene and her like basically, you know, giving birth, that was so intense. And yeah, when the sound really comes in after that, and like more everything's louder after that point, it's just like wow, what a change in pace. So yeah. Did you did you watch the nail scene when when you saw um, when you saw Emily Blunt walking down the stairs and you knew this was it this is the time did you watch it because I didn't I turned away I yeah 
I don't know if I, I looked or subconsciously just looked away because, like, obviously everyone in the theatre was like, oh, no, don't yeah. show that. <laughs> I don't I don't think they showed a close-up. Okay, good. I can't remember. Yeah, because I, I didn't want to see a, a, <laughs> a nail go through a foot. For, like, for some, like, it's not, like, ridiculously violent. Like, it's just, like, mm. if they were to show it, they would just show the top of the nail coming out through the the top of the foot but for some reason just mm. as she was walking down the stairs i i clenched up and looked away oh yeah yeah for, for sure it's crazy it's crazy because like at that point it's a point in the movie where you know what's going to happen it is predictable in that moment but it is still so tense and yeah. so like hard to watch it, it, yeah it's one of those moments where you're allowed to know what's going to happen <laughs> yeah definitely um yeah but they they set they kept setting up tension all the time like it didn't stop even when you know they're down in the bunker uh john krasinski leaves and then the water just starts coming in you're like oh jesus emily blunt doesn't get a break it just keeps <laughs> going and pretty much there was no time where any character was safe really yep um there was always you know something something gone wrong yeah i, th- I think so as well and just the um Again, just going back to the sound again, like if there was ever a moment earlier on in the in like the first act or so when they were allowed to safely use sound, it was very satisfying. Mm. Um, like at the beginning of the, or maybe later in the first act was when you hear their voices for the first time. But earlier than that, um, Emily Blunt's character shares some headphones with John Krasinski, and like music comes mm-hmm. in, and you know. It would be one of the first times, like, Jim from The Office hears music for quite a while. So, you, yeah. you're you satisfied for them as well, but you're also satisfied for the fact that now you can finally stuff your face with the popcorn that you haven't been eating throughout the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got... I didn't... I definitely thinking that at the time, and I completely forgot how during the first half of this movie, you're, you can't eat anything. No. <laughs> it no. Is so, it is so quiet. Yeah, you could you could hear you could hear people in the cinema breathing. It was, I I heard it was deadly quiet. I heard it was so quiet in the first act that we could hear the dialogue from the cinema screen that was playing below us. No way. Yeah, yeah, like that's crazy. It was it was the first it was the very first scene where they're they're raiding the um you know whatever store it was, and also details. I'll get to that in a second. I saw a comment like this is an original thought, but I'll get to it in a second. Th- something that was really cool as like a movie detail. It was so quiet that you could hear like the Paramount Pictures logo scene playing like underneath us, and all oh, right, yeah, and like it, it started speaking. Like you could hear like character dialogue, and I I think someone must have let them know or something, but eventually it was drowned out. But that yeah, like that's how quiet it was. This was the opposite of Dunkirk. How good's that? <laughs> <laughs> but um that's like, yeah that, that it's funny that that's another reason it's your favorite movie because it's just not Dunkirk. <laughs> it's not loud. <laughs> um but oh, there there was some annoying bits where I can't I can't remember exactly what was happening but they were miming like a oh that's right she was um the girl who is who is um deaf mm-hmm. which is obviously like the worst the worst disability to have in this environment. She's IRL um, <laughs> deaf. Did you know that? Oh really? Mm-hmm. Very oh, very interesting. I think she was like I'm, I'm teaching, glad they went method. I think she was teaching the cast how to like help out with the sign language on set and stuff. Awesome. That's so good that they put attention to detail. Because mm. I've heard that this movie is like John Crescency and Emily Blunt's passion project or whatever. Yeah, like there's a lot of little 
interesting tidbitty facts I'm going to lay off in a second. So yeah, go ahead. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, so she was, she's deaf and she was trying to test her, um, her hearing aid and by clicking in it and you could hear someone in the back of the theater clicking. Oh really? Because <laughs> you, yeah, like you can't hear on, on screen. There's no sound coming when she clicks and it's, it's like to allude that, you know, she can't hear the click. Yeah. And, but you could hear someone in the back of the theater going, which was, it's kind of annoying because it's like, dude, shut up. Yeah. Like, he's not even being very loud, but because it's so quiet. Did he think uh, he was going deaf? <laughs> maybe. He's like, maybe oh. that's what it was. Yeah, he's like, oh, my hearing aid clearly isn't working because for some reason I can hear the sounds of the room and sometimes I can't. Click, click, click. Yeah. <laughs> It was really cool when I realized well, when you realize she's deaf because they when when they show shots of her there really is no sound like it the whole the whole um soundscape is just muted yeah. completely yep there's like I don't think there's any sound emitting at all that's not true there in that scene okay. um the scene begins and it's like you are a watcher you can hear the room that's happening around her like as she sits on a bed you can hear her um, blankets crumple yeah. up or whatever. And then it shifts to, I think, what she hears with the um, with the hearing aid in, which is more like, it's not it's not like clear sound or anything. It's like very like muffled movements or something. And then she takes it off, yeah. and then it goes completely muted. So you're getting like three different perspectives in that scene in audio, right? Which is like crazy. Like y- you don't switch out audio perspectives like that in a scene, at least like you know. Like, as as an audio person, like, that was just so cool. Like, no one really yeah. gives it that attention ever. So, that was really interesting to see. Three different perspectives in the space of, like, 15 seconds. And then she's clicking and you can't hear. And you go, okay, well, what I did hear five seconds ago was her using the, um, the earpiece. And I should be able to hear some kind of clicking. And you can't. So, you go, okay, well, then yeah. that... What you know that it's not working as well because she should hear it just a little bit, but she can't. Yeah, it's such such good attention to de- detail with all the sound. Like, I'm pretty sure you can only hear things, like, or she can only hear it when she kind of takes it off. Like, there's some sort of rubbing, or yeah, some sort of just like yeah, like a like a doom doom doom. Like yeah, can't really hear the actual sound though. Um, I was gonna say uh, one way in which I was definitely surprised by this movie and the trailer. Um. Like mis like misled me on purpose, and it was really good. Is like there there are ways where a movie can really win you over like very early on by just changing your expectations completely and being like, hey, we're not doing this the normal way. <laughs> we're going a little bit off the Hollywood formula here. In the trailer, they show the a brief scene of where the little boy is playing with the aeroplane, and then it start. It, they can hear the sound, mm-hmm. and it's really loud. And then you see that, like something running towards him through the bush. Yeah, John Krasinski, and at full speed. Yeah, <laughs> him and uh, and an uh, unknown monster. Yeah, yeah. But seeing that in the trailer, you're like, oh shit! Like, okay, so that's the premise. You know, they can't make any sound at all. Otherwise, they're gonna get heard. And but in the movie, I was like, well, surely that little boy is fine because this is this movie is rated M and it's funded by Hollywood. And so I was completely just like, John's going to get him at the last second, no worries. And the moment you see the shot where John's not even, like, he's not even that close yet. He's maybe still 
he's maybe still like six meters away or something, mm-hmm. and the boy just gets like mauled. Yeah, and just bush off screen. It's like you're like, oh shit, and then I think that's when the title comes up, A Quiet Place. Yeah, and you're like, no, that's crazy. They just straight up <laughs> killed that kid. Yeah, that got that got me all on board so hard, <laughs> so quickly. And I was just like, yes, I'm so in for this. This is great. I'm loving it. For me, the yeah. the I'm immediately on board uh, moment was like in the first couple of shots um, because I, I, I knew very well what the what the premise of the story was and that you're not allowed to have not allowed to have no sounds. That when they go into no, no, that no, no. <laughs> when they go into that um, shop that they're like they're raining from, you can see like everything's gone except for very particularly noisy things like oh yeah there were a whole bunch of um bottles uh filled with little pills and and you can see emily blunt she picks one up just a little bit and rotates it to see if the thing's going to be the right kind and moves it just a little bit more again and like you know you're not going to have hospitals in this in this apocalyptic world here so you would think like mm. those things would be taken first, but they uh, avoided at all costs because rattling and whatnot. So, and and there were like chip packets as well. Like, why would you open up a packet of chips? You know, even if you're starving, yeah. like you're gonna die. You'd rather just starve than get mauled to death. So like little details mm. like that. And I saw in an interview with um with John Krasinski, someone had asked him, why do people walk on sand and not uh, and not wear socks because you would think that socks would muffle movement as well. And he just said, like, yeah. yeah, like, this is an extra thing that we had to pay attention to. Like, you can tell, like, everything had been very closely analysed to determine what would make sense in this world. And this one was, mm. like, you couldn't wash the socks. Like, it would... Like, they're deaf. Oh. They're deaf, but they're not... They can still smell, I presume, so... Um, don't wear socks because they will get stinky and gross and you step in a puddle, then you're gone. <laughs> um, so there you go. You had to wear... That is so... Yeah, that's so attention to detail. Like, that, that's crazy. That's that's a lot of forethinking. Yeah, yeah. Of just like, why why couldn't... Yeah, that's crazy that they they weren't that far with it. And I did, yeah, I guess I didn't really even notice till now just how much everything in the set is probably... Um, you know, removing all the objects that are going to make any sort of noise. Yeah, that's right. I just these little details is what I love in film, and the fact that it had mm. to do with sound as well. I liked the actor. I like. Well, I just think the acting from every cast member, including the kids, which is a big task, was exquisite, mm-hmm. and action yeah. was treated beautifully. And um, yeah, yeah, kind of. There are there are questionable things that I'll, I'll get to in a second. Like some questions that have to exist in this world only through very. Like I'm sure they obviously considered it very closely, even though since they considered socks, you know, asking why would they yeah. choose to have a baby? Like is something that yes, of course they would have figured out. But that seems to be like the main complaint. I just thought that in. All in all, if you go into this wanting a horror film with an extra little twist, it's perfect, basically. Mm. Like if, if you don't think about it too heavily with why did nobody try... Spoilers for A Quiet Place, by the way. Why did nobody try 
exceedingly high frequencies on a thing that is obviously very sensitive to sound. Um, yeah, right. That's another thing. That's another question. But like an argument could be laid for that, that it was just too risky to try. Like, why would anyone yeah, deliberately bring sound to where you are? Um, mm. And I just think that yeah. people just got all the scientists and all the everyone just got mold immediately. And then only yeah. everyone else that survived just went, Oh, okay. My one option to survive is to not make a sound. So that's why that wasn't just like, like it's like from what I've seen from like comments on the internet, people seem to be very like up in arms about like how the, how not everything is perfectly laid out. Like there's no real answer for why there's, why no one's tried high frequencies or there's no real answer to why they got pregnant or if they decided to get pregnant or if it was an accident. Like, obviously, that thing is going to make a lot of noise. And by that thing, I mean a baby. And also, actually, like, giving birth is obviously going to be very noisy. You're going to have to think about that a lot. I don't know. I, I don't want to say just let it happen because I don't want people to be passive when watching a film like this. But also, like, mm. I I think that there are answers that that make sense and it's very easy to just write oh, why did this happen? This yeah. movie sucked. Like, nah, you just got to think about it from a perspective of a survivalist. These people... Yeah. You, well, yeah. Because the only... I mean, the only reason people are picking would pick it apart like that is because they are, they have already... They're already showing you that they're putting a lot of attention to detail in. And so because they've considered so many things, everyone's going to point out the things they hadn't considered. But with, with other movies, you know, they don't put in as much effort in. No one's going to question those and their plot holes. As much, you know, because yeah. they never they never claim to be, um, you know, trying to be perfectly, you know, make wh- whatever makes logical sense. Not all these other movies pay as much te- attention to detail. So I guess like people picking apart, yeah, it's they can, but it doesn't ruin the experience really um, to to pick it apart like that. I was gonna say um, one one issue I had was with also with the frequency thing, but more to do with just the the way the movie would um, like try to teach you. What the freak? What was going on with the frequency thing? So when the monsters got close to the deaf girl, she's playing with her earpiece, and then that you know, it affects the monster so much that it runs away. I'm not even sure if she notices it because she's she can't hear it. She doesn't know the monster's there. No, I would say that she um, definitely didn't but, have any clue that it was there at all, and that's why later on yeah. in the film she didn't use it against them. She just didn't know. Yeah, yeah, she didn't know. So in that moment, the audience, even if she doesn't know, the audience knows, right? Um. Yep. I just, I just felt that when they, when they go back to it, and when it's down in the basement with them, and they've just got this o- like overly overt whiteboard, <laughs> which I thought was, it's, I kind of didn't like the whiteboard because it's like it's just so basic. It's like here's the creature, like creatures, things they hate, and it lists the things they hate. Yeah, and then things like we can do to survive, and it lists the things that you can do to survive in big bold letters, so that. Every anyone from across the room can see and read that. John, you know, John Krasinski. He doesn't really need that. He kind of knows. He doesn't need to write it on a massive whiteboard. Yeah. What is the um, weakness? Yeah. What is the weakness? That was way too expositional. <laughs> and I just didn't like that it came back at the end when she's trying to figure out. She looks at her earpiece and she's like, <gasps> and she, they do this whole. I think like they show the whiteboard and they show it for like three seconds on screen or four seconds on screen. Yeah. And she raises her hand with the earpiece in it over it. The shot is trying to be like, do you get it? Do you get it? <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the earpiece. Look, look. And I, I don't know. They probably don't, but like, I imagine the director wanted to rack back and forward <laughs> between the whiteboard and the thing just, just like, 
heaps of times. So you're like, look at this, and then look at that, then look at this, then look at that. Do you get it? Do you get it? Okay, yeah. back to this, then look at that. This is what's happening. We're not using dialogue to explain it. We're really clever with our shot use. But it was still just like, I don't know, overly overt um, to try and make you understand when I feel like the audience already knew what was going on. Yeah, no, no. But I understand I, the, the girl didn't know, I guess. So she didn't get it, but the audience already knew and I don't think they needed to be so overt about it. And I, in that moment, I just felt like, we get it. You don't need to rub it in. That that's that was my only criticism with that bit. I I completely agree. I thought that the the whiteboard was very not professionally set dressed, but you know at the same time you nah. could say like he's not a set dresser person. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, John Krasinski, John Krasinski <laughs> is just like he had a whiteboard. And he just write on it like a normal human being would. But I don't think that he yeah. with the situation that he's in needs to write down the words. I don't understand why this is happening. I wonder if there's a way to kill them. Like by writing, what is the weakness? It, it just doesn't make sense. And I agree that the last, the last shot was very in your face. We get it. Do you get yeah. it? Yeah, we, of course we get <laughs> yeah. it. You, we've seen this thing react to the earpiece at least two times, but maybe even three times by this point. Yes, we get mm-hmm. it. John yeah. Krasinski. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say it just, just while we're in that scene, there was there was a couple just nice little twists in this movie that were they're twists but they're just emotional twists they're not really like you know game changing or anything yep where you realize John Krasinski hasn't been down in his basement really trying to solve how to kill the things like he kind of has but not but what he's actually doing down there is building her um, earpieces is that right like you only you only that's only revealed towards the end is it like where she finds he, she because she's not allowed to go down to the workshop. Well, so she, when she finally goes down there, she realizes he's making them for her. She realizes and how that much he actually loved her. She's realizing at that point that he's been making them. We had an idea because yeah. earlier on he is literally fixing one up, and then he gives it to her oh, to okay. use, and she goes, "No, I don't want it. Can you please stop?" But did you, with with the um, now that we're on the topic of emotional moments, did you feel yeah. emotional enough to like tear up at any point in this? Because I did. I did. I, I was like, I was I very I did, emotional but... during that scene where she realizes that he's been spending his time on fixing this rather than figuring out how to kill the monsters and the, yeah, it and was the I love nice you scene, scene as well. Yeah, when you think about all that, and I love things like that where it's it's this perfect little, it is like a perfect little bow on the end of the movie where they've like, they've wrapped up like all the arcs really nicely. Well, in, in that moment they did like, you know, they're not going to waste his death scene just, you know, getting killed. They really, you know, took time with it and it made complete sense yeah. that he would do that for her. And an- another little emotional moment was when you think she's chasing... When she leaves the, the house and she goes out by herself, you think she's going to chase down her dad and her brother. Mm-hmm. But what she's actually doing is going to visit the grave of her younger brother. I thought that was a really nice little reveal as well. Me too. And when she's laying down with the grave she looks up and she sees that the fireworks and it's cool that they have loud and visual cues to determine when bad things are happening so the other houses in that yeah. area like they have the um there's a, there's potential spin-off opportunities here with the other houses in the area you know how uh, John Krasinski lights a mm. fire and lets everyone else know that he's okay and the family's yeah. okay uh, there could be other stories on the other people. So there's that. That's a po- possible spin-off idea. Um, 
Yeah. But I like the whole that they have like sound traps set up in case something happens. Very obviously loud things to deter uh, the the baddies if they were to get too close to yeah. the area. And just, like that that detail, man, and and the lights as well from turning. That yeah, you're not allowed to let people know in the outside world that you're loud, or else you'll get killed. So here's a visual cue: we're turning green lights into red lights. Man, it's just yeah. Super cool. Super cool. Super cool. I was just going to say that I have one small, 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 small gripe about one element of the sound. I thought that the um, uh, the alien sounds were very like basic, like they that they weren't oh, yeah. distinguishable from any other like alien sound in the in Hollywood. It actually mm. they, they were like clicking, like it actually kind of sounded like um like clickers from the last of us and they acted like clickers from the last of us as well because they don't see because the growths are over their eyes so they use sound and they listen and they click so i was like oh man this is giving me mad last of us vibes which i love it's my favorite game of all time and there was also a a scene with john krasinski walking with the kid to the waterfall and back and i was like oh this looks like the last of us as well because muscular man with a bloody Mm. big beard hanging out with a little kid trying to protect the little kid oh it's bloody last of us this is why i like the movie so much because it's the last of us with a with a particular focus on sound this movie was written for (laughs) me (laughs) it actually was yeah um yeah yeah you're right about the the alien sounds though they're not that they weren't that great but what was great was um like when when it opens up its little sound sensor it really looks like a um it looks like a what do you call it like a, a a speaker Sort of oh, like yeah. the way it pulses. Yeah, it looked really cool, and also, and it was cool going the like the monster sound sort of fades into the sound that it's trying to look for, um, and then you can like hear you know if it's listening for oh, someone that, running or something. That's it right. Fade, the monster sound fades into them running or whatever. Yes, so it can hear them. That's so cool, that was man. Really cool. God, working on this as a sound designer and editor would have been... It it would have been... You know what it would have been? It would have been the same comment I made two weeks ago about the visual effects people on Annihilation. It would have been the most satisfying and like, oh, baby, I get to flex my goddamn muscles here while also being terrifying because it entirely depends on you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I love... Yeah, but they, they put a lot of emphasis on sound and that's so good to see. Because usually, when you do put it... I, like, there's not many movies where they put emphasis on sound and it hasn't worked out. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what does that have to it's say? It's always good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really important. Um, <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, did you find it scary? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think there was a, a couple of jump scares that got my heart racing a little bit. But yeah. it's, it's not a... I wouldn't say it's like a conjuring horror movie. It's just a... It's a good thriller with some jump scares with a more important emphasis on story and other elements than it is on the scares of it yeah it was it was i love that they focused on just a situational sort of story um yeah i didn't i didn't find it very very scary this was the first ever movie i've gone to see just by myself and just going to see it did you see it by yourself of course i did i see heaps of movies by myself is this seriously the first movie you went and saw by yourself yeah yeah wow i know i loved it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's, it was it? good that you know you don't have to make any plans. You just be like, oh, cool. I'm just gonna head in, I'm gonna <laughs> get whatever I want from the candy bar and do whatever I want. I don't know. I'm gonna sit where I want. I'm, gonna, I'm my own person. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Wow. I, do, I don't think I found it super creepy though. 
Um, oh, sorry, it was creepy, but I don't think because yeah, they didn't have a lot of jump scares, and every time it was a jump scare, it was always like a a fake out. Yeah, where, like you know, I think the the the, the little boy grabs um, the girl's ankle at one point, and it's sort of a jump scare, but it's it's not they're not in danger. Yes, you know, it's just that they're finding each other. That and um, when when the kids accidentally set fire to the rug and John Krasinski covers it up and then looks outside and you think the aliens are going to be there, but they're just, what were they, raccoons or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, the raccoons. Um, that's a high distinction from me. Yeah, definitely thought it was awesome concept. They pulled it off so well. It's I, only My only issues was um, just that, you know, rub, that rubbing, you know, the little how to kill the monsters in your face a bit, which is, you know, that's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and also, and I'll say this with every single movie we ever see, but I wish it was MA. Like I wish there was some <laughs> yeah, sure. blood and blood and guts would have been nice, but I can live with that without that. <laughs> just before I get to my rating, I just thought of another, another question for you. Yeah. Would you, yep. were you happy with the very last shot in which spoiler alert for a quiet place, Emily Blunt's character, realizes along with the daughter that all right high frequencies to weaken them a shotgun blast to their head to kill them and then she like <laughs> she cocks the uh she cocks the shotgun and she kind of looks at, at uh, yeah. the daughter like oh shit yeah it's it's about to go down like do you think that fit yeah. with the theme do you think it worked okay. with the rest it, of the film it's it certainly did not fit with the theme <laughs> it became it became an emily blunt action all-star film yeah <laughs> I, I mean i think it, it it is kind of cool in its own right i think i think it's okay like it's okay yeah that they did that i i, do, I completely do you know what agree. i do you know what i immediately thought of though one of my favorite episodes of black mirror which is one of the ones in the new season metalhead the one about the robot dog that cha- that just chases after this woman that's the one episode one? of the new season i've seen yeah the one out of the Excellent. eight Excellent. episodes or so <laughs> so that's lucky that's one of my favorite episodes just cuz i was so, it was so like tense and i thought oh yes i love this but my problem was at the end she's about to face a whole horde of the of the robot dogs same with the quiet place they're about to face this whole horde of of the sound monsters and i thought come on please show this please for the love of god i want to see this fight and then it just ends yeah. i'm like no you <laughs> you cut at the wrong point do it keep going keep going <laughs> so yeah that was my issue with it because it was only a 90 minute film it wasn't super long yeah and i would have been totally fine if they had a final a final scene of just i don't know killing off the bugs that'd been awesome <laughs> It was the even uh, if even if there's no plot, just 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 let's watch them kill them all. It'd be dope. It was the <laughs> it was the film equivalent of Reddit.com slash r slash gifts that end too soon. Yeah, <laughs> I I'm gonna give it a HD. Of course, I, I loved it. Um, mm-hmm. We we didn't speak too much about the trailer in this episode, but um, if you if you go back and watch the trailers, they I don't think they spoil anything particularly, except for I don't know. It, it would be cool to, to maybe not know about the birthing scene, not know that she yeah. is pregnant, I suppose, but that's the thing that's going to bring people in because the second you see that and go, yeah, how's that going to bloody work? And you just yeah. sold 15 million tickets. So no, I, conf- I thought the trailer was did its job and was effective, and so I'm going to give the trailer a HD as well. Yeah, I, I remember when I saw the trailer, the only gripe I had was like they were... I, I thought it was so cool 
because the whole first half of the trailer didn't have any sound. And I was like, oh, is this what the concept is? Like, there's just, you know, it's really quiet, like a quiet place. Um, and then Emily Blunt did a sort of voiceover at the end um, mm. of the trailer. So you, you do hear her speak. And so when I started watching the movie, I thought there would be speaking just because of, like, I heard Emily Blunt speak in the trailer. Yeah, and they were so whispering I think as well. If they, yeah. Yeah. If they hadn't had Emily Blunt speak in the trailer, that would have been awesome. Like, because then it really is a true reveal when um, people speak in the movie. Like, you know, just a cool reveal where, like, oh, they actually are going to speak and it's it's not just a whole movie um, in sign language. Yeah, yeah that, that's the only thing I would have to say about that. So, would you, is that a HD or a distinction for the trailer? Distinction for the trailer, for okay. the, just for that reason. I was extra, I was extra tense right. throughout the whole movie because I was convinced that my car was left unlocked. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was like, oh god, she's gonna step on that nail. Oh no, I might not be able to get home. <laughs> yeah, they're really bringing that real world tension building in <laughs> yeah. by making you stressed about real life problems. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, John Krasinski. <laughs> All right, lots of um, lots of comedy comedy based actors making horror films out these days. Oh yes, uh, Jordan sure. Peele. Yep, with Get Out. Who else? They're, it just shows you that comedy is good. It's it's it is known. Comedy is good. Yep. All right, Scott. Well, did you want to do a, f- a little segment before we end off the show? So, critically acclaimed versus critically lame. I'm going to give Scott two haikus that each describe a movie. One of the movies is critically well received. The other is critically not. And you've got to tell me which one is which. Yeah. Here's your f- here's your first haiku. Yeah. All right. Wacky Nikola Tesla aids magician in doing a cool trick. <laughs> okay. Yep. So you know you know who Nikola Tesla is? Yes, of course. He made the Tesla okay, good, cars. Good, 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 good. No. <laughs> no. No, he's a, <laughs> Tesla is um was he electricity? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's your first one. All right, and the next one is Ancient evil stored inside Babushka doll wreaks havoc on New York. <laughs> oh, that sounds excellent. <laughs> Hang on, can, can you can you do those back to back for me, please? Wacky Nikola Tesla aids magician in doing a cool trick. Ancient evil stored inside Babushka doll wreaks havoc on New York. They both sound so fun, don't they? Yeah, they do. The <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking. When you when you talk about magician, I, I go straight to um, now you see me, and I'm oh yeah, and I'm wondering if I'm wondering if your wacky Nikola Tesla is now you see me too, starring <laughs> D- Daniel Radcliffe. Um, why would, why is he Nikola Tesla though? I don't know because he did magic. He did a <laughs> uh, maybe I haven't seen they now both- you see me too. Maybe he's like a. He's like a was Nikola Tesla like a Playboy millionaire with all of his sweet electricity funds? He's <laughs> <laughs> extravagant as hell. I don't I don't know. I'm just I just think of magician and I think of now you see me. But the the Babushka dolls one sounds great until you mention New York and that makes me go Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I thought you I thought you'd like that. The because like, every time something sort of set in New York and it's like a it's a blockbuster it's not going to be good yeah you're it's right he's making I'm getting Dark Tower flashbacks here yeah Nic- Nicholas so what Tesla, do you think that's such an odd thing for you to point out a new trick okay I'm going to say I will I would I would rather watch the um <laughs> I'd rather watch the Nikola Tesla teaching somebody how to do a cool magic trick rather than right 
a typical uh, blockbuster uh, horror film set in New York. So I'm going to say the first one is the critically acclaimed and the second one is critically lame. That is correcto. Ding, da, ding, da, ding. Excellent. <laughs> he's done it again, hasn't he, Scott Martin? You you are just so consistently right on this show. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> this that's game. such an honor. So the, the, Nikola, the Nikola Tesla one is uh, Christopher Nolan's The Prestige. Oh, I've heard which of is about, this. Yeah. Does it's with Bale Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Yep. And Nikola Tesla. I said wacky because I, I wanted to kind of throw you off the scent, but... <laughs> He is played by David Bowie, oh, so cool. I thought it was justified. Really? David Bowie really, is uh, in this? Y- yep, as Nikola Tesla. Wow. Or am, I thinking of El- or am I thinking of Elton John? I'm pretty sure it's David Bowie. <laughs> it's definitely David Bowie. I've just looked it up. Okay, excellent. And, okay. Uh, and what was the other and, movie? Okay, so the second one is uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice oh, with no. Nicolas Cage and Jay Burrishell. <laughs> Whoa, hang on. That was Jay's w- Burrishell? I've seen The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah. I, I watched a bit of it last night um, with the roommates. Just Nicolas Cage, man. Yeah, no good. <laughs> this is, you know, this is this is a movie where I thought like it's it's made by Disney, you know. Um, you know, they probably want to play things safe. They don't want him to do anything over the top. And he doesn't do anything over the top. But things he says are just like there's something behind it. <laughs> this you can tell there's a little bit of Nicolas Cage behind every single line that he says. And like some th- sometimes he says things that are just so, oh, what a moment. <laughs> what a what a Nicolas Cage moment. He treats like every line like it's a one-liner. It's great. <laughs> would you would you say that that uh, Nicolas Cage has now beyond acting to the point where you can't you know that it's him always, and you will never be able to get a hundred percent involved in a film because you're too constantly being taken out of the fact because you know that is Nicolas Cage. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I don't <laughs> think there's anything he can do that would entirely uh, take on a role that I would forget Nicolas Cage is that man. Yeah, there, like, there's some older things you can watch, like older things he's in, where you can kind of forget because he's he's not he's still being Cage, a bit then. of a wacky Nicolas. He, or he's still being wacky. But he's doing it in a in a good way, you know. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it suits this. It suits the story. Or like even in um, Kickass, he was he was kind of wacky in that. But I wouldn't. I do see him as his character in that, rather than just Nicolas Cage. Yeah, man, I c- completely forget about Kickass. Yeah, he's the fact that he's Batman, just Batman. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, it's so, so dumb. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, well that's it. Shall we do some pluggings? Plug. Put it in a wall socket. Okay, great. Um, if you would like to uh, to get in contact with the show, uh, you can do so by heading over to Facebook and giving the Facebook page a like. That's uh, facebook.com slash ignoranceisthispodcast. Uh, our Twitter is ignoranceispod, and our Gmail is ignoranceisthispodcast at gmail.com. Um, and we also have a Tumblr page now, which is ignoranceisthispodcast.tumblr.com. Um, our friend Eden is posting all of her sweet art on there, uh, and uh, we've already had a sneak preview at this one, and it's really great. So, uh, if you're listening to this, you might have already seen it, but go check it out in full HD on that page. And uh, she's also posting some quotes from the show, which is really awesome, so uh, get involved on that and follow that Tumblr profile. And also, remember to like our show 
uh, on iTunes and give us a rating. Rate us five stars or four stars or or whatever you think it's worth. <laughs> Just give us some ratings. It'll be great. Uh, thank you very much for listening, Ooh. guys. And uh, as we do at the end of every episode of Ignorance is This, uh, we say a little haiku based on the film that we saw. And Oliver, you've got a haiku based on A Quiet Place starring John the- Halpert. So Jim and Pam, well, their movie, A Quiet Place. So but here is my haiku regarding A Quiet Place. I think you're going to like this one. Okay. Play Africa by Toto. And the monsters will come and just hang out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is your best one ever. (laughs) All right. Good night, Australia. Good night, Australia.